Welcome to the Raging Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Dixon, Kai Zabo, and Taylor McIntyre. What's up, you turkeys? And welcome to episode 16 of the Raging Takes Podcast. Today's date is Saturday, July 8th, 2023. I am your host, Kai the Commissioner Zabo. And I'm joined today by my co-host, Taylor McIntyre, a.k.a. Mac. What's going on, buddy? What's up, dude? Back to the duo. This is back to where it all began, huh? Yep. Yeah, we started off as a, a two-man for our fantasy league. And yeah, it's back back to the old roots. Um, yeah, we are back from our vacation in San Diego. It was fun partying with you out there. Our normal host, Brian Dixon, is currently out in San Diego right now. Um, he planned his trip a little differently than we did. Um, he's out there. He's going to be at the Padres game tonight, too. It's pretty cool. Yeah, hopefully he can uh, reignite that fire that we started, huh? Yeah, go figure. Uh, you know, the Padres get a, a sweep and a nice little win streak the three days that we're there in San Diego, and then they immediately lose as soon as we leave. Right. They have yet to go on a four-game win streak this entire season. Woof. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, But yeah, anyways, we got a pretty big baseball episode. We got some uh, NBA Summer League nuggets, um, some NFL news, and then we're going to do some uh, fantasy football talk, too. Some uh, average draft position rankings for positional groups. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one today, so... Since we were just in San Diego, let's start off with the MLB, and we will be talking about the Padres. So the Padres sweep the Angels 3-0. Three, three um, we thought it would be the start of a resurgence, but after last night's loss to the Mets in Game 1 of the series, kind of feeling the opposite. What about you, Mac? Yeah, so it's tough right now, bro. It's like, like I just said, they haven't gone on a four-game win streak all season. Just got their first sweep all season and then just dash our hopes back into oblivion. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're probably going to be sellers at the in this next week or so here. I'm not I can't remember the exact date when the trade deadline ends. I think it's like shortly after all star week. Yeah, it's and, coming up pretty uh, soon. That's what I do now. Yeah, it's coming up pretty soon. So the the two I mean, we can talk about it more later, but we got some two pitchers that are probably going to get sent away because they're on expiring contracts and we could, we kind of need to like our, uh, the Padres triple a team is like in second to last place. And that's kind of not what you want, right? It's like, if you want your MLB team to be like, you know, first, second place, like good chance of hitting playoffs, all that, and then have a, a bad triple a team. That's fine. But you can't have a bad pro team and a bad triple A team. Like that's not how it's supposed to work, right? So Yeah, it's not ideal, that's for sure. We, we gotta we gotta bolster some spots. Yeah, it's gonna it's it's kinda sad. Came in with a lot of a lot of hope for this season as a Padres huge Padres fan, you already know, so yeah, the expectations you know, were sky high this season and yeah, it's not it's not it's not a it's not been a fun season to be a Padres fan, that's for sure. Yeah, and they started off so hot, right? That's really what hurts, you know. It's like they kind of showed that potential. They were seemed like everybody was like homering like you know, twice a game, things like that. Like they were just so hot. So, it's tough. Yeah, it's like, you know, as a like lifelong Padres fan, it's not too bad because it's like 
dang, I'm kind of used to this, but I didn't really think this year was going to be like that. <laughs> so. Yeah, but this arguably might have been like the best Padres team assembled on paper. Yeah, no, for sure. We did we did a similar thing. Uh, I think it was 2017. We got like Craig Kimbrell, Matt Kemp, uh, was it BJ Upton or something like that? And his brother and like we got some like pretty notable names at the time and we kind of tried to do a similar thing and we're just as good record wise, which is like not nearly as much talent. Don't get me wrong, but it was like we kind of tried this before in like the somewhat recent future or uh, past and Anyway, yeah, it's just, it's tough, dude. I don't want to talk about it too much. It's, I'm going to start tearing up. Well, uh, one last closing question on this topic. Do you um, realistically, oh, I guess we'll save that. Yeah, never mind. I'll refer, I'll refrain from that question until later. Yeah, we could save it up. Okay, so let's move on. So uh, we'll go to my team here, the Angels. Um, so also kind of on the same spectrum as the Padres, just a little bit better, but starting to look bad so they hit the injury bug Mike Mike Trout is out four to eight weeks with a wrist fracture we were actually at the game that he got injured I didn't realize he was injured till the next day and then the next day in that game Rendon hurts himself off of a foul hit he is currently day to day and Shohei Otani in his pitching start that day left his pitching start with a thumb injury after giving up back-to-back homers against the Padres. So I guess he's been dealing with like a blister on his throwing hand for quite a while. And I think um, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they sit Shohei from pitching for the rest of the year. I don't even think he'll pitch in the all-star game at this point. They just got to let that injury heal. He's still hitting though, but I don't think they're going to have him pitch anymore. That's what I would think. Yeah, it's tough with Shohei, so we all know his contract is up at the end of this year. Like, can we talk about it? Do you think it's going to happen? Is he leaving? You know, like, Uh, I say he's not going to pitch for the rest of the year, but if he gets dealt, like, he's going to be expected to pitch, you know? Yeah, maybe at some point. I just don't think for the Angels this year. I mean, I like, we we are going to talk about trade deadline candidates later. I do think right now with the Angels situation... Kind of like what I always talk about with this midseason meltdown coming. Um, I think this is it. I mean, it's kind of funny that it's not based on skill this time around. It's more now it's the injuries. Angels are so injury plagued. Like I could go down the list here with uh, all the guys we have injured. I remember we were watching and uh, it showed like the whole list. I think it was the day it was 4th of July. Yeah, we were at my uncle's house. Shout out. And uh it like filled up the whole screen with the list. Our members. Like, yeah. A lot goodness. of good player, a lot of good players too. Yeah. It's very tragic. I mean, yeah, I think this is the mid season meltdown just based on injuries alone. And I think because of that fact, I think we will deal Shohei. And, yeah, it, and it hurts more to say about that. it, but yeah. I just wanted a quick aside from you. Thank you. But yeah, other than that, the angels are currently on a four game losing streak and they're, they lost uh, last night versus the Dodgers. Um, the Dodgers also swept us earlier this season. And I'm kind of thinking the same thing is going to happen because it's the Dodgers and they own us. Yeah. I hate those blue bozos. They're really good though. Can't deny it. Yep. Tragic. Can't deny it. Mm-hmm. But moving on to our next bit of baseball news, Yankees reliever Jimmy Cordero is suspended for the remainder of the season for violating the league's domestic violence policy. Before that, he had a 3.86 ERA with 34 strikeouts, 10 walks, 
and a 1.071 whip in 32 and two-thirds innings pitched this season. That's tough. Yeah, he was really tough. He was definitely one of their better relievers. Those are pretty good stats for uh, the amount of innings that he's pitched. Um, Yeah, this is just uh, Brian's kind of in the same boat as us, too. The Yankees are they're in trouble. They're definitely in trouble. Um, They're currently in fourth place of their division right now. And granted, it's a stacked division. Um, Yeah, that game I was watching last night, man, they couldn't even get a run off of a pitcher with a near seven ERA in the Cubs. And it actually turned out to be the Cubs first victory in Yankee Stadium. I was like, I thought that was crazy. Dude, that is nuts because, like... They've been around forever. You know, the, yeah, exactly. It's like the Cubs have been up and down, but they had a pretty good team not so long ago. So it's like, of course, th- this is the first season with uh, the interleague play being more prominent, right? So maybe they just did, didn't get to play them a lot. I don't... Yeah, weird. But still, though, I mean, the Cubs have been around for almost 100 years or even that. I, I'm not sure exactly, yeah, but to get there... They've both been around, like... A long ass time, yeah. Yeah, but to get their first win finally in Yankee Stadium—that's that's absolutely insane to me. But yeah, the Yankees are in trouble. Aaron Judge is still on like no timetable to return. Um, they're they're not really getting much out of their offense. Stanton is not the player that he used to be. It's, yeah, it's tragic. Yeah, it's like you know I don't I let Brian do all the Yankees talk and watching and all that stuff so i don't like super pay attention uh, to them if i'm being completely honest but uh it's like it's just like the the patriots of old when tom brady was on there right it's like you just always expect the yankees to be good you know or at least like in a position to make a wild card like this is uh it's a it's a meltdown let's be honest like they had just as much talent as our padres and it's like tough you know it's like the the thing about the Padres is like they don't have injuries to blame it on, right? And it's like exactly, yeah. So that's just really tough for a Yankees fan to deal with that. So yeah. Uh, before we move on to the next news, let's just go over the other Yankee news that we have too. So I guess uh, Yankee starting pitcher Carlos Rodon is back in action. Some some yeah. hope there. Some hope. I mean, they uh, yeah. That mm-hmm. Brian's always no. been talking about how the bullpen needs some help, so. No, yeah, and he's a he's a starter, so it's like that's massive. It's like he was one, he was probably like a top three uh, free agent starting pitcher. This like I kind of wanted the Padres to get him until I didn't expect you know like Waka and Lugo to be so good, and so yeah, it's like he was asking for a lot though, and it's obviously you know the Yankees can pay it, so that's cool. But um, I can't remember exactly what the injury was, but it was like that's a heartbreaker, you know. It's like you pay this money to all this guy, and then it's like you're not gonna get him till about halfway through the season, and then for that this first half of the season to go the way it has for the Yankees, it's like they're probably I don't know how much they're gonna stretch him out, you know, maybe like four, maybe five innings to start for the first couple games that he plays, and just kind of see how it goes, but. Yeah, yeah, he's a good pitcher. He was on the Giants before, so I'm familiar with him for sure. Yeah, nice little silver lining for the Yankees' tragic situation at the moment. So uh, let's move on. So the Texas Rangers have made history with Adolis Garcia's addition to the starting lineup. They become the first team in 47 years to have five position players start in the All-Star game. That's crazy. Yeah, the Rangers are insanely good this year. I, like, I did not picture that at all before the season started. 
Right. So it's like, you know, as maybe not everybody knows, not all the listeners, but as you you know for sure that uh, I live in Dallas and it's Cowboys gear everywhere, right? Football, football, football. I'll tell you what, man, I've been seeing Rangers gear a lot more lately. It is, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, I lived in the Bay Area during the historic run for the Warriors. It's like, you know, same, same kind of thing, dude. It's like you just see Warriors gear everywhere and the little flags on people's cars and things like that. So it's like the hype is real out here. Like they they have a lot of support. Um it's a beautiful stadium too. So it's just like, and it's kind of like perfectly in the middle between Dallas and Fort Worth. So it's like pretty easy for everyone in the Dallas Fort Worth area to get to. And it's like, there's really not a bad seat in the house too. So that's the other thing about it. So it's, yeah, it's pretty easy to hop on that bandwagon if you're in the area. So good for them. You know, it's like always been a fan of, uh, Bruce Bochy. Like he was, uh, you know, he's been with, uh, was it the Giants? He's been with the Padres for a while. He's he's an excellent manager, is what it is. So not too surprised he got his team whipped in the shape. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're easily one of the hottest teams in baseball right now and probably one of the most funnest to watch, too. And I, I'm saying that as a division rival Angels fan, you know, but I can't deny it. The Rangers are so damn good and they're so fun to watch. They have such power in that hitting lineup. And it just seems like they're always hitting home runs or getting big hits. And the, yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah. Too bad they couldn't give them decent city connectors. He's though, huh? <laughs> no, yeah, they're, they're, they're awful. <laughs> they're some of the worst. Sorry, Rangers fans. <laughs> but yeah, let's move on to the other legendary and hottest team in the league right now. So the Braves, their legendary month of June. So they went 21 and four. They hit 168 RBIs and 61 home runs. They have six hitters on the team overall, almost seven actually, that have 15 or more home runs. With uh, you have Olsen, Albies, Acuna, Ozuna, Riley, and Murphy. And Rosario is right behind that whole group with 14 home runs. Just absolutely insane. That is nuts, dude. Like, this is what we expected the Padres to be, kind of. You know, it's like, yeah, just take it, dude. Why can't I have that? <laughs> yeah, they're literally getting so, like they're getting significant comp- contributions from the entire roster, pretty much. And yeah, they're easily one of they're actually they are the best team in baseball right now. They uh, passed up the Rays recently in the standings. And yeah, it's just crazy. Another one of my favorite teams to watch on TV, though, too. I've like the last five years, the Braves have just been such a consistent team. They, you know, they won a World Series and I just feel like they're always good. And they're always like in the top rankings for the amount of home runs and runs that they get it's crazy yeah no matter what roster they seem to piece together you know like they'll let you know maybe you know to some people's like a kind of surprising guy walk bring a new guy in and it's like he's better or something like that or just as good you know it's just gosh the braves are just it yeah i know this team used to have freddie freeman too which is also crazy to think about in hindsight yeah like that guy never stopped being good but uh it's like, like I, yeah, like I just said, it's like, doesn't matter if they let a, like a star player, you know, air quotes walk away. It's like they will bring in a new guy and get that same production, whether it's, you know, from within their own system or free agency. They really, they really know like how to develop talent and how to like scout it out from like other teams, things like that, bring people in. 
they're just they're, they've always been a top-notch organization you know the the braves are the braves are cool i'm cool with the braves why not yeah, yeah me too i mean they were they were my uh pick at the beginning of the season to uh win the national league and yeah so far it's looking pretty good yeah you know what you're talking about sometimes huh yeah i know a thing or two about a thing or you two know, you know a thing or two Okay, so let's do a quick uh, division run through here of the MLB before we move on to the trade candidates. So the Rays in the East for the American League currently have a three game lead over the Orioles. The Blue Jays are right behind them, uh, four back of the Orioles. And then the Yankees and the Red Sox all top it out. So everyone in this division still has a winning record. That's still like really crazy to me. So it's going to be a it's going to be tight race till the end of the season. Nuts. But yeah, so uh, moving on to the NL or the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins currently have a half game lead over the Guardians and then followed by the Detroit Tigers, the White Sox and the Royals are still in the cellar and one of the worst teams in baseball. So um, at the beginning of the season, I picked the Guardians to win this division. Um, Yeah, this is going to be this one's going to be a tight race between the two till the end of the season. I hope the Guardians take the division. Not a big fan of the Twins. Yeah, Carlos Correa. Don't like him. Boo. Boo. And then moving on to the AL West, as we were just talking about, the Rangers. Uh, they currently have a three-game lead over the Astros right now, who have kind of been surging back a little bit. Um, the Mariners are right behind the Astros at seven back from the division lead. Angels are seven and a half. And then the Oakland A's are still the Oakland A's. So we'll have to see yeah. what goes on with, goes on with this one. I kind of like the Mariners. They're kind of like a sneaky team. They're they've been a little banged up to start the season, but I think once they start getting all their pieces back, I think they could make some noise. Maybe even make the wild card. I would love that for them. They're also the the All Star Game host city, so there's always like some kind of like a little bit of magic with that. I feel like I don't know if that's just me, but. I would like for them to be good. They're also kind of like bros with the Padres. Like we've done a lot of trades and it's always kind of like root for each other for whatever reason. So yeah, I like the Mariners. Yep. All right. Moving on to the national league, as we were just talking about the Braves best team in baseball right now, they currently hold a nine and a half game lead over the Marlins followed by the Phillies, the Mets and the nationals. Um, over to the NL Central, the Reds, one of the hotter teams that came out of the month of June. They have a one-game lead over the Brewers, followed by the Cubs. Uh, the Pirates have fallen off, and the Cardinals still continue to be one of the most inconsistent teams in baseball. Yeah, at least the Padres have more wins than the Cardinals somehow, right? Like that That is also a star-studded lineup that I feel like people are just like, maybe just kind of tired of talking about, or it's like... It's so surprising. They don't know what to say, but it's like, how does that team have that record? You Definitely know? did not expect that. I know, like, I think beginning the season, they were one of the favorites, I imagine, to win the division. And, yeah, no one expected the last place at the moment. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, and it's I, – I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now. But their catcher – do you remember that little thing? We talked about it, like, many, many episodes ago, but it was like – they basically told their star catcher that they traded for to like he wasn't gonna be a catcher for Oh like, Contreras. Uh, Contreras, there we go. And it's like, how do you bring this guy in, pay him all this money, and then tell him that he's only here to hit 
baseballs. It's like they quickly ended that, but it was like obviously like had to be like some kind of spat between like a starting pitcher and him or something like that, right? It's like there's no way like he is a very good catcher. Like that's that's wild to me. I know, and so they they should not be this bad. <laughs> they should not be this bad. I mean, they got Nolan Arenado, Paul DeYoung, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Just yeah, Lars Newtbar even who had a pretty good uh world uh international Ooh. World Series. Yeah, it's just crazy, but that's that's baseball though. That's what makes it fun. Um, so moving on to the last division, obviously the NL West. The Diamondbacks are still in first place. Crazy. Uh, they have a half game lead over the Dodgers right now, followed by the Giants, who I didn't expect to be this good this year either. But they still find their way back in the relevance somehow followed by the Padres and then the Rockies. Crazy dude. That is, it's like almost like complete upside down of what I thought it would be, you know, almost. I, I did expect the, the Rockies to be like, not so good maybe, but, um, wow. Yeah. I really didn't expect it to be like this. Like, I saw how good the Diamondbacks were last season, and like it's like they got some good young guys that they just kind of played the whole year, like out of necessity, and that really paid off for them because wow, it's like those guys came in ready, like so, like obviously the record speaks for itself, but it's like they are a damn good team with young stars, and that is exactly what you want for a baseball club. Yeah, and they're hungry too. I mean, you can see it. They're actually pl- they're really playing to win. And yeah, they've been one of the biggest surprises of the year, I'd say in my eyes. Right. Yeah, no for sure. It's like like when I think of the Diamondbacks, you know, it's like I haven't been super paying attention to them complete honesty cuz it is what it is, but it's like I don't think of them as like a power hitting team, but they are so damn fast. So it's like this pitch clock thing, I've, I think I've mentioned this before, but it's like the pitch clock thing really pays off for them because, they're like I said, they're so fast. Like, they steal a lot of bases very easily. Like, yeah, they're 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 a fun team. So good for them. They're like, Diamondbacks fans have been needing this. So cool. Not only that, though, too. I mean, they've kind of brought back the importance of uh, playing small ball, something that's usually kind of a... Uh forgotten about uh in this new era of baseball they're kind of bringing it back and it's working out uh and paying dividends for them you know yeah and the era of exit velocity and launch angle and blah 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 it's like yeah they kind of like flip that on its head and do their own thing and win games in spite of all that so i like that yeah so old-timer fans of baseball root for your next favorite team the diamondbacks (laughs) yeah the purists Yep. All right. So uh, let's move on to our trade deadline candidates. Um, Oh, so, okay. So we have it here. So August 1st is the trade deadline. So literally less than a month now. Um, Let's talk about some of the top candidates that we think are going to be projected to be dealt before then. So uh, let's go off with our first one, uh, Max Scherzer. Obviously, we know the Mets, they're a train wreck this year. They were much like the Padres expected to be a really good team. Um. Where do we think he might go? Back to the Dodgers. Now, uh, <laughs> oh Lord, that's tough. I'm thinking he's gonna go to a contender, uh, obviously. Well, the Rangers they lost to Grom. Yeah. Uh, oh God, that that bullpen would be disgusting with Scherzer that added could, to it. That yeah. could work. That could work. I think I'm talking out of my ass here, but I feel like 
Is he from Texas? I think I'm wrong. Never mind. Let's keep going. But uh, I, for me personally, I don't know. I mean, I hate to say the Astros or the Diamondbacks. I think those no, are some stop. good. I think those are some good potential suitors too. Per, 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 preferably the Diamondbacks. Excuse me. Yeah, there we go. But I mean, yeah, the Diamondbacks, they could use another uh, strong arm there along uh, Zach Gallen. So that'd be that'd be a pretty good landing spot to me. Yeah, that's that's a top notch one. And yeah, I imagine they would winning. have I imagine they would have the cap room for them, too. I mean, looking at their roster, I don't really see a, uh, like a lot of big contracts on the Diamondbacks roster. And I think they could afford Scherzer's. Tons of rookie contracts. You're absolutely right. They could uh, they could squeeze him in there. No problem. I like that one. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next person. Um. So if, uh, this one's going to hurt. So Shohei Otani. Yep. We mentioned this earlier in the episode. It's. It's tough, man. It's like, I hate to say it, dude, but it's like the only like the place that makes the most sense and like obviously wants them really bad is their fellow L.A. brethren, the Dodgers. And it, it does make sense, too, because insider sources say that Shohei Otani would prefer to stay in Southern California. I mean, for me, a win-win would be him going to the Padres. That would be amazing. But, yeah, for some reason, I do see the Dodgers, and it would actually, like, make me sick to my stomach if that happened. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so it's like, I, you know, I always, I thought the Padres had a real shot if we were good. Side note. Because, like, you Darvish is, like, his hero. You know what I mean? And he's, like, grew up idolizing him and stuff like that. And it's, like, they're good buddies, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's not looking so likely now. So what's the next best option? Oh, right across the the way there, up the five, the Dodgers. So, ah, yeah, it unfortunately makes way too much sense. I hate to say it. I did I did hear that the Mets were interested in Otani, but I don't think he has any interest in being in New York. Oh, yeah, stick with the good weather. You don't want to... Why would you want to move somewhere where it snows when it during the winter? I mean, I think he also prefers Southern California, too, because they do have a pretty uh, sizable Asian population out there. So, you know, I think he likes having the familiarity around. Exactly. You're right. Yeah. So it, it pains me to say it, but yeah, the Dodgers make too much sense. I just... I don't know. I really don't know what's going on with the Angels. I mean, this whole meltdown and this injury bug that they're dealing with, I don't think they're going to see themselves as contenders. And I think they should just get the the nice big haul for Otani because, you know, they're going to demand a lot for that. Oh, yeah. Like multiple first, uh, probably like two or three ready-made uh Pro players and then some more prospects that are like triple A, double A. They're going to get a haul. It's going to be kind of like when we traded for Soto, you know? Yeah. Maybe a I mean, little I- bit less because his contract is expiring. So they can't like demand as much, but they're still going to get like he's the, like in our opinion. We've talked about this a little bit. It's like when it's all said and done, I don't see any reason for Shohei Otani to not be the best to ever do it on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it's going to be very hard to break for sure. Um, let's move on to the next. Uh, so we got two more pitchers coming up here. So uh, let's start off with Josh Hader. Yep, he's uh he's a top closer. We don't get to use him a whole lot in the on the Padres because we it's like, 
you know, I've mentioned this before too. So it's like the Padres either score double digit runs, one or none. That's pretty much our three options. And so a lot of the times it's none. Unfortunately, it's like we just get shut out. So it's like, why would you bring him in? You know, it's like not to mention it's like I'm a little over Josh Hader myself. It's like he hasn't explained why, but he refuses to play uh, go for more than three outs. So that must be like either like a contract agreement, like in the, you know, the fine print or some type of agreement between him and AJ Preller or uh, Padres GM or maybe even with the coach, uh, Bob Melvin. I don't know, dude, but it's like, what if we need four outs out of you? And it's like, he he's never done that. So whatever, go do it for another team. I'm not saying he's a bad pitcher at all. He's amazing, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the usage is definitely a little questionable for him. Like, I noticed that one game we were watching, yeah, they only brought him in for, like, one inning. And then even after it was still tied, they didn't bring him back. And then, you know, Padres blow the lead. So, I don't know. Yep. It's, yeah, tough. Yeah, so let's move on to another Padres pitcher. So, Blake Snell. This one would kind of hurt, honestly, because I feel like him and Waka have been our two best pitchers so far this year in the Padres. So, uh, what do we think about this? Yeah, so Blake Snell, he kind of always does this, at least since he's been a Padre, but uh, he had a little bit of a rough start, but then he settled in real nicely. I would say he's pretty much the Padre's ace right now, and that's real attractive. You know, it's like his contract is expiring. We just paid a gazillion guys a gazillion bucks, and it's more than likely that we have to sell him because I don't think we can pay him. And it, it hurts man, because he's actually become like, like one of my favorite players, like, uh, on the Padres broadcast, he gets on the headset a lot and we'll talk to our announcers, which we have the best announcing crew in baseball, by the way, I think a lot of people would agree with me. And dude, like he is electric. Like he totally has a, a future after being a player in like broadcasting, analyzation you know whatever it is analyzing did i say analyzation my goodness <laughs> <laughs> making up words over here and uh no yeah so it's like it's really tough man it's like he is like so much fun like to watch as a player you know like talking about baseball all of it so it's like he's really grown on me man so it's like it, it's gonna be tough to more than likely see him leave but he could really push a team over the edge. Like we talked, maybe like uh, Rangers. I don't think we were trained up in division to the Diamondbacks or the Dodgers. But yeah, just like another team that could use a solid starter. Um, I mean, he came from the Rays. <laughs> I don't know if they really need um, a starting pitcher, but that would be kind of hilarious to see him go back there. Uh, I mean, they already yeah. have such a good bullpen, too. And they're they're not spending a lot of money on it either, which is also the crazy part. So. Yeah, it really depends on what they want to do. Yeah, that's like kind of lower on the likelihood of uh, options. But yes, there's going to be somebody that, that'll do it and will like, you know, verbally agree to pay him when it's cut, uh, when the time comes. So, yeah, yeah, man, I, uh, the more I talk about it, the more sad it makes me how it's more than likely that it happens. So. Yeah. Uh, so before I move on to the next set of players, let's talk um, about who else do you think the Padres might deal before the trade deadline? Do you think Soto is a legit candidate? 
I do not as much, only because it's like it's pretty obvious. Like he, like you know, it's like I'm Padres everything all the time. This guy is settled in beautifully. Like him and Fernando Manny, they get along great, dude. Like that whole Latino thing. It's Southern California. You know, we were just there, the most beautiful city in the country, in my opinion. And I think we just kept, like, we just shelled out all these big bucks for all these other players. I think they would do it for Soto. I think they would just send one more big contract out and get a young stud like Soto. And so I think they probably had preliminary talks about that with him. That's the only reason. I think, like, yeah, I think we might keep him and sign him to a big contract if he wanted to. You know, if he's demanding out, then that's a whole other story. But he seems pretty happy. You know, he's already, uh, I think you mentioned this before to me, too. It's like he's already won a World Series. Um, Obviously, he's super competitive. I'm not saying he doesn't want to keep on winning World Series and competing for them, but I think he might want to stay. Uh, that's might be uh, me, you know, smoking the copium, but I think he, he might want to. So, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, I just bought his jersey last year, so I hope he does stay. Yeah, me too, dude. Me too. All right, then. So let's move on to the next player here. Um, Adam Duvall, outfielder for the Red Sox. Um, he's actually been a pretty good player for them this year. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. The Red Sox, you know, they're very mid this year. I could see why they would probably want to ship out some players. Um, what do we think about Adam Duvall? Oh, yeah, you could always use a big bat in the outfield, and he's a very solid outfielder as well. There's, like, a long, long list of teams that would absolutely take on Adam Duvall and that contract. No problem. No problem at all. Yeah, I think someone like the Mariners or the Phillies could easily take him and add some uh, oomph to that lineup. Absolutely. Yeah, there's like plenty. There's plenty of people that would want him, right? It's more, do they want to deal him? You know, they just signed him to that contract this offseason. It's like, kind of want to run it back. But it's always like the thing that we just talked about. It's like, if uh, they're demanding out, you know, kind of, it's like, that's, you know, it's like almost every single professional league nowadays is so much like player empowerment, things like that. So it's like, even if we don't necessarily hear about it, but if that player is asking out, it's like, you kind of got to do it a little bit. You don't have to, you know, there's a contract. It's a big word for that, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where he could end up, but he could definitely be dealt. You're right. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to Cody Bellinger from the Cubs. I feel like this guy's been on so many teams. What do you mean? Cody Bellinger. He's only been on the Dodgers. Oh, has he? I don't know. Like to me, he always feels like that guy who's like goes from team to team, but I, maybe I'm just like tripping. I don't know. Yeah. You might be thinking of somebody else. All good. He is arguably having his best season though this year. I think at least, even though the metrics. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's totally had a resurgence, like Cody Bellinger of old. Like, and that's the thing is, like, I always kind of like Cody Bellinger, but I couldn't like him because he was on the Dodgers, and now seeing him like get back into form on another team, like, I I love that for him. You know, I I, I hope he doesn't go back to the Dodgers. I don't think it would happen. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, he could definitely be dealt. But it's kind of the same story with Duvall. It's like they just paid him this off season. He didn't get, like, a ton, a ton of money, 
Like, he got a, a nice size contract. I'm not saying that, but I think the Cubs might just hang on to that unless, you know, kind of the thing we've been to, like, the recurring theme, right? It's like, does he want out? Maybe. Might not care too much. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's kind of weird, though. I mean, I, I, I really like the Cubs roster this year. I thought he was, like, a big reason why they're kind of having, like, some moderate success, but I don't know. There's some... uh. They have some cool Asian players that I wanted the Padres to get. It's uh that pitcher, Kodai Senga. He's got that ghost fork ball or whatever. It's like nobody else throws that pitch. He's That's come on cool. really strong. And uh, oh, the other outfielder, Suzuki? Is that his name? Uh, I should remember. But uh, anyway... They have some. They have some exciting players. So it's like maybe he wants to kind of stick around and see what happens. Is that could happen with Bellinger? Maybe. Yeah. All right then. So uh, let's move on to the next player. Uh, I think Jamir Jamer Candelario from the Nats. Um, so I don't know too much about this guy, but from the national games that I have watched this year, from any time I've like bet on that game or whatever, he's he always seems to get like a, a home run every time I watch a Nationals game. He's been one of their better players this year for sure. He, he's usually if the Nationals win a game, he's a big part of it. Yeah, he turned up on my Padres. I remember that last name specifically, and I've seen that last name float around in blurbs throughout the season. So yeah, he's he's kind of like the guy over there on that Nats team. So, and they haven't been getting it done too well. So why not, you know, see what you could get? Because they're just kind of like they're definitely in a rebuild at the moment. So I'm not sure of uh, Heimer's uh, age. Uh, but is I'm that sure. how you say it, Heimer? Yeah. So the thing, the little quick Spanish lesson: J, there is no J in Spanish. J is H. So if there's a J and it's in a Latino name, it's like ha, huh. like it's a. It's I mean, H. yeah, I know that. I've been learning Spanish lately. I just didn't know he was Spanish. So just yeah, it's just the the last name. So, but yeah, uh, I don't. I mean, where do we think this guy could go? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of teams that could use a pretty good hitting uh, third baseman. Yeah, I mean, he's got pop, plays the hot corner. Plenty of people would be wanting him to shore up the that left side of the infield. Why not? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next guy. So Paul DeYoung from the Cardinals. So, yeah, Cardinals, I think, should just be entering their rebuild period. And this guy has been uh, one of the better players for them in the series, part of that star-studded lineup we were talking about. Like, I don't think the Cardinals are going to let go of Arenado or uh, Goldschmidt, but I think DeYoung is someone that they could let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only reason that I think maybe not is I think he's on a more team-friendly deal. So those are the kind of the guys you want to hold on to is the only reason. So it's like, you know, it's like, it's like same thing with the Padres. It's like, there's no reason they can't turn it around the next season. So that's like the only thing I think might be holding them back, but I'm not disagreeing at all. He could totally be dealt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and as of right now, I think he is the best uh, shortstop target in the deadline currently. Um, Some people would argue maybe Tim Anderson, who we'll talk about uh, in a few moments here. But Tim Anderson's been kind of having a poor season. And DeYoung, yeah, easily looks like the better candidate. Yeah, like defensively, especially, it's like such a 
tough position to play well, and he's up there, right? He's super good at it. So, not to mention he can hit the heck out of the ball. So, you're onto something there. Uh, I could definitely see it. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next player. So uh, the, our last two players are going to be White Sox players. So uh, Lucas Giolito from the White Sox. I I think he's a starter, right? Yes, he is. He is. Yeah, so I guess they're going to deal him too. Yeah, the White Sox, I thought they were going to be a little bit better this year. They've been kind of inconsistent, even though they have like some good names on that roster too. So do you think a uh, rebuild is incoming for them? Maybe I think that they're like they are on the same track as the Diamondbacks, as in like they have a lot of young and upcoming players. Like I, I think I remember seeing like they have a bunch of players uh, in the pipeline, like Triple A, Double A, that are like ranked pretty highly. So I think like they're more ready to, like I said, be on that same track as the Diamondbacks, and like call up some young guys and to see what they got in the second half of the season and just kind of see what they can do next year type of thing. But I'm not sure of the age of Lucas Giolito, things like that, what what his contract is. I, I, it's just escaping me right now. So, you know, it, if it's a, something where they can't say no, then yes. But if it's like, you know, just like kind of, you know, throwing feelers out, nobody's like being super committal with a good deal. I think they could hang on to him. Yeah. I mean, he's having a pretty decent season too. So uh six and five, three point five ERA, um, hundred twelve strikeouts. He's only twenty-eight years old. So I mean I wouldn't say he's that old. Um, I guess so for basically any starting pitcher trade candidate, I keep thinking the Rangers, they they could really use another good starting pitcher after DeGrom's injury, and I think that would really lift them up too. Absolutely right. No, yeah. Uh, Marlins kind of sneaky one. I think their starters are like up and down, but yeah, I could see it. I could see him going like there's so many places, you know, it's like there's a lot of that's kind of the thing about this new format with the extra wild card and things like that is, uh, you know, it's like it really opens up the trade possibilities when it comes time. So, yeah. And then our last trade candidate, uh, we talked about him briefly, Tim Anderson. I don't have too much to say about Tim Anderson. Like I said, he's kind of been having a disappointing season. I thought he was going to have a much better season. Um, I'm going to say the Mariners. They could, I think they could use a good shortstop. Right. No, yeah. He started super hot, if I remember correctly, and then just kind of, you know, peaks and valleys, right? It's a, it's a thing for all baseball players, if we're being honest, but his valley has been a long road. <laughs> so... But why not turn it around in a, a, a fresh scenery, right? Yep. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for our MLB talk. It was fun talking about the trade candidates and such. Um, let's move on to the NBA. Um, so first bit of news here. Uh, Damian Lillard says he won't show up for any other team than the Miami Heat. I kind of like this. I, I mentioned earlier, right? Player empowerment. So it's like. He's like demanding the the Blazers like I like you have to get this deal done otherwise you're screwed and it's like I don't know how do you feel about that I think I think they should do it I think they need to do it I mean man dude Portland they've held on to this guy for so long he's done so much for them and Damian Lillard's gotten kind of like nothing in return I want him to I want him to chase that ring No yeah I think we all want him to land there but that's not like professional sports 
is a business at the end of the day. So it's like, it's not what the player wants. It's what you can get for that player. So let's think about like, who could the Miami heat or like, what could the Miami heat send back their way? So it probably want another guard to kind of replace that. So who like Tyler hero, I think, yeah, uh, we did mention Tyler Hero would have to be part of that trade. He would have to be. And I think uh, the Blazers, like, you know, it's been rumored. It's like they want, like, multiple, multiple firsts, like three or four at least. And uh, so that's that sounds about right for a player of that caliber, you know. Um, and then maybe, like, another, like, young prospect or something like that. So it's just... Does that even feel like enough for a player of Dame's caliber? It's like, do you, like, would you even demand more? I mean, if I was the Blazers, I'd probably ask for Caleb Martin too, who the Heat said they would not try to involve in that trade. But I really think that you know, if you're going to get Dame Lillard, just just give him up. Yeah, it just kind of really hurts their depth. But yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's like you have to full send. Let's uh, what. What did the the Rams GMs say back in the day? Fuck them picks, dude. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, no, I mean, this move would honestly make the Miami Heat like a huge favorite in the East, and I think they could actually go back to the run it back to the finals with Dame in the lineup easily. Right, that three point shooting. Like, I'm not saying they weren't great at it this last uh, postseason, but like Dame is just that guy, you know. So. And the man, just him, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo, that would just be such a hot starting three. Yeah, on paper, just not a lot of weaknesses between those three. I would, yeah, I, I want, I want to see it happen too. I really do. Why I mean, but but does this comment by Dame Lillard does that like kind of insinuate that he'll hold out if the deal doesn't go through? No, that's yeah. Apparently, that's what he's saying. He's like, if you trade me to. I don't know, the Mavs or the Suns or whatever the heck. The Suns don't have anything left. But like another contender, it's like he only wants to go to the Heat, which is kind of interesting. He doesn't want to go to any other big teams. Apparently it was rumor. It's, you know, all rumors at this point. But he was kind of interested in the Warriors before Chris Paul thing happened. So that would have been because he's from the Bay Area, mind you. So it's like. He always kind of had it out for the Warriors because they uh, they passed over him to take Steph. So it would have been interesting to see him back in his stomping grounds. But uh, hmm, uh, yeah. Damon Steph, that would be absolutely lights out, dude. That would be disgusting. That would be gross. Yeah. All right. Um. So let's move on to a little bit of a summer league headline. So the summer league started last night. Um. The big matchup of the night, of course. Uh, number one pick Wembenyana goes up against Brandon Miller. Um. So the the Spurs ended up winning that game, but Brandon Miller looked like the better player. Um. See, Wembenyana, he kind of looked uh, he looked a little nervous out there. I mean, I think it's just, you know, he gets the jitters. You know, he's a rookie coming into his, like, first game in NBA. I mean, granted, it's the summer league. Um, even though his offensive stats weren't that good, I do like the fact that he got eight rebounds and five blocks. I mean, you almost have to expect the five blocks being seven foot three. I kind of thought he wasn't playing as physical as I would have liked. But then again, we were talking about how his... Uh, smaller weight is kind of an issue. I think he really needs to bulk up and 
feel more comfortable playing like more physical at the basket. Yeah, so I liked everything I saw defensively, but yeah, it's it's on offense. Like he he made some nice like playmaking stuff. Like he's got like decent handles. That's like why he's so interesting, right? So he's got like kind of like guard handles almost. And so he was good getting the ball around to his teammates. But what was it? Two for thirteen from the field is kind of tough, you know. It's and, like he mentioned post game that uh, he's gonna have to adjust, you know, and that's like super whatever, right? Of course you're gonna have to adjust, and so that's fine. It's just his first game, but um, yeah, he looked a little like you said. He's like he looked a little small, like trying to post up things like that. Didn't really get after it like I would have expected him to yeah I didn't also like the way he was playing on offense too he was kind of just like camping towards like the free, the three-point line you know yeah that is not what a center does <laughs> yeah I mean unless you're I mean unless like so I mean he went one for six from the three I mean it, obviously if he had done more than that then I probably wouldn't have complained too much about it but yeah it was just the first game he's just got the yips or whatever um what do we think about Brandon Miller Brandon Miller's just a really good player. He's very good. So I don't see any issues with what he's going to bring to the team. It's pretty evident already. Like, you know, he's ready. He's definitely ready to go. Yeah, and, you know, Charlotte was booing that pick too, funny enough. I mean, granted, it was probably because of the his off-the-field controversy, but... Yeah, I think they're tired of that, and they just re-signed uh, Miles Bridges, the other guy with a bunch of freaking controversy yeah so it's like dude what it's weird it's weird weird times over there yep we'll have to see how it pans out yeah summer league is still going on today it's gonna be going on how long does summer league last normally it's like a month yeah i think it's about a month and i think it actually started a couple of days ago on like like the day i came back like wednesday or thursday because i saw okay i think today was hard I think last night was just like, you know, like the, the the big headlining ones with all the top picks and stuff. No, yeah, they definitely scheduled it for like the good games for the weekend. But I just remember seeing because uh, the Warriors had like their first game the other day and um, like our uh, young guard that we took in the first, he had a decent game. So, yeah, it's going. It's yeah. going. So the other big headline uh, for the Summer League, uh, two top Five draft picks, uh, Scoot Henderson and Amon Thompson, uh, both top four picks. Actually, they leave with injuries in their debut, and they were actually looking pretty good before that too. So, uh, I guess Scoot Henderson injured his uh, right shoulder. He had twenty-one, or no, he had fifteen points, six assists, and five rebounds in twenty-one minutes. Thirteen of those points were scored in the first quarter. I really liked what I was seeing out of him before the injury. And then Amon Thompson had 16 points, five assists, and four rebounds in 28 minutes. So, yeah, not bad for uh, these guys either. Kind of a tragic. Yeah, Amon Thompson left with a left ankle injury in the, his team's victory over Portland. Right. So I think the the Henderson one was a little more precautionary because, you know, it's like uh, I think it was like towards the end of the game or whatever. But the Amon Thompson one, hopefully it's, you know, I don't think it's like a broken ankle, but it's like just like a sprained ankle. So you got to you don't, you don't want to put too much weight on that or something like that. So the almonds probably going to be out for a little while. We might see Scoot Henderson again uh, sooner rather than later, hopefully. Yeah, uh, both teams play again next Sunday, so we'll have to see 
on that. Yeah, sprained ankles are tough, dude. Oh, ironically, uh, Amon Thompson's uh, Houston Rockets are playing the Detroit Pistons, who uh, drafted his twin brother at the number five pick. So it would be kind of cool to see the brothers play against each other. Dude, that would be so cool. Yep. Uh, so let's move on here. Um, so NBA free agency wrap up. Uh, who did who do we think had the best off season? Mm. Let's include draft in this too. Uh, 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 yeah, I I mean I really like what the Suns did, and I gotta say, like number one for me, like er- like everybody they brought in and resigned. I think the Lakers killed it, man. I I, I'm right really there. Did. I'm I'm actually right there with you, and that's not a a homer bias either. Yeah, I, I think all the moves they made were good. I really like the Gabe Vincent signing. Yeah, all the money made sense, like not too much, not too little. Uh, Like all the players that played well for them last year, you know, came back. Like We kind of talked about it before, but I really like Rui Hachimura. Gosh, yeah, the Lakers, they're going to be good again. Yeah, I mean, they had a good... They had a good combination of keeping that continuity going and they shored up their depth, which was a big uh, weakness in the playoffs last year. So, yeah, I, I see big things for the Lakers this year. I think they'll be right back into the playoffs. I don't even think uh, I think they'll actually be in the playoffs this time rather than uh, be at the play in spot. No, yeah, that was they suffered through a lot of injuries. I mean, you always have to worry about that with Anthony Davis. Like that's just historically his whole career has been that way. So. Um, as long as, uh, Anthony Davis doesn't have to miss too much time during the regular season, I don't see why they aren't in the, like this locked into the playoffs. No problems. Yeah. All right. So, uh, last bit of NBA news here. Uh, Kobe Bryant selected as the cover athlete for NBA 2K24. Love that. I mean, um, rest in peace to my guy, to the legend, Kobe Bryant. Um, yeah, and it makes sense, obviously, because he's number 24. So good, good feel, good story here. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't play that game anymore, but cool. Yeah, it's it's one of the more toxic video game communities for sure. Well, it's also like we're PC gamers and they refuse to give it uh, the PC version, like the next gen update or what have you. So it's like, oh, is that it? it? Yeah, they're keeping it like on like PS4, whatever on PC. So no, thanks. Got it. All right, let's move on to the NFL. Um, so the DeAndre Hopkins watch and Dalvin Cook watch is still in full effect. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins says he will retire from the NFL when he's no longer a 1,000-yard wide receiver. He said, at this, at the way I'm feeling, I might play until I'm 37. Oh, yeah. That's my fucking guy right there. Love yeah. hearing that. It's not going to happen, but I love hearing it. I mean, I actually kind of believe it. I mean, dude, it's like this guy's always been a 1,000 yard wide receiver minus like any injury years. But yeah, this guy's just too good. I mean, I'm surprised he's still not signed yet, honestly. And I know you're just going crazy over there because the two guys who have not been signed yet are on your fantasy teams. Yeah, the two big names. But I do like that because, uh, I mean, uh, Hopkins has been more forthcoming, like being straight up about it is like, I'm waiting for the right team and the right deal. You know, it's like it has to be out there somewhere. Um, 
And it's like the two people that have offered Hopkins, rumored anyway, has been Titans and Patriots. It's like, I'm sorry, but no. Like, I I wouldn't want to go there if I was him. You know, it's like, I don't see postseason aspirations for those teams. Maybe the Titans. Uh, I just don't like where the Patriots are at offensively. Maybe defensively they're okay, but... Yeah, it's like he couldn't he couldn't carry that Patriots offense, you know. Like I I I'm fading Mac Jones, you know, as an aside. Yeah. So, very interesting. Very yeah. Interesting. Well, let's see. I'm just I, I just want to see where he goes already. I'm just, I'm tired of waiting. Uh, I know, dude. We're getting into July here. You know, it's like he takes such good care of his body. Like no matter what, I don't think he needs training camp too much other than to build chemistry with whoever his quarterback will be but uh yeah it's like how long is he gonna wait very interesting to see time will tell yeah let's move on to the other big name uh that's currently waiting for a deal in free agency so the most recent prediction for dalvin cook is now to the jets hate that oh hate it so much yeah like gross dude and i guess this uh news comes after some uh rumors that dalvin cook refused an offer sheet given by the miami dolphins so it kind of looks like that deal is gonna fall apart i mean i didn't like that deal either yeah i just i don't know where i want dalvin cook to go honestly at this point it's just like i don't know even know why the jets are thinking about it i think they really have something special there in Brees hall and even bam knight was pretty good for them last year too you know I, they got they got some depth in that running back room i don't yeah, I don't know. Dude, it's like, I just want everybody to go to the Chiefs, but I'm a little surprised, like, the Chiefs, like, I'm, I have, to, I really do need to look into the Chiefs cap room or whatever. Maybe they just have absolutely none, and I'm just, you know, shooting the breeze or whatever, but it's like, these two guys we just mentioned, right? It's like, I feel like they don't need Dalvin Cook as much as they could potentially uh, need DeAndre Hopkins, but it's like... A little surprised the Chiefs aren't in on some of these guys. What about you? I mean, from what we know about the Chiefs, as like even like last year's offense, they didn't like have any like super big names in that wide receiver room. I mean, it's just like it seems like Patrick Mahomes could just get it done with what what he has, and I think the Chiefs are really uh, homing in on that ideology. Yeah, until maybe Travis Kelsey's gone, who's already on a team friendly deal. Like he could be making a lot more money. It's like. He's the wide receiver one. He's a tight end, but he's the wide receiver one, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Maybe don't need a DeAndre Hopkins and or a Dalvin Cook as much when you have uh, Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball. So Exactly. And, I mean, I think they, yeah, I mean, their wide receiver room, it's just like he just gets it done either way with whatever he has. And I, I see a huge year for Sky Moore in year two, honestly. So I'm going to bank yeah, on that. And in, even that rookie, that rookie that they drafted, uh, I can't remember his name, the one that Mahomes really wanted. I, I think he could be a real big sleeper this year for them. Rashi Rice. Yeah, so I think I think they're good with what they got. Yeah, I don't think they need a Hopkins as much as we want it to happen. I mean, I think Hopkins would just be like overkill for that team. Just like run it back. Dude, but it's, I'm trying to think what else like other. It's like I don't see the Chargers anymore. Like that's done. They got Quentin Johnston. But how were the Bills, like, never rumored? Exactly. Exactly. I think they were rumored at first, but I think they actually have a cap room problem. Yeah, they got some, like... That would have been... 
Hopkins yeah. and Diggs, dude, that would be insane Who for the do Bills. You, cover? you can't yeah. double either, you know, it's like that's that would be overkill. Like that would be oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I mean, and, that. and that's besides the fact that the Bills didn't even draft a wide receiver in the draft either. So kind of questionable uh, ideology they got going on over there at the moment. Exactly right. Yeah, very strange. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're going to keep we're, we're just going to keep it uh, on idle until we hear any Hopkins or Dalvin Cook news, probably till the season starts. I know we're going to be talking about this every week for probably like the next like month or two it seems at this point they don't they don't seem to be in a hurry to end up somewhere where they don't really want to be so well you know it it, it just sucks though too because it's like right around when a uh, draft season happens for fantasy football you know for like standard and ppr leagues it's gonna be like damn it's like do we even take them yet or because we don't even know where the hell they're they're going so it kind of sucks yep but it can also create some value if you're just in on the talent, which it's hard not to be. So that's true it, too. It creates some interesting draft strategies when you have. Yeah. Do you think? Like uh, this. Do you think if they're not on a team, like say like mid August, do you think uh, they fall a little bit in the draft from their ADP? Yeah. No. Yeah. Because then something I mentioned earlier a little bit is like they're not going to have time to integrate themselves into that offense build the chemistry with their quarterback, things like that. So that that is a little suspect. Like, they are top-of-the-line players. You know, they can, you know, just run straight, <laughs> like running back or wide receiver, and just do a damn good job at just doing that, right? So it's like, it's not that hard at the end of the day. But, yeah, it's like you want them to be able to build that chemistry with whatever team they're going to land on. So, Yeah. All right, then uh, let's move on to the last bit of NFL news that we have here before we get to our positional rankings. So um, I didn't hear about this. Um, so I guess the Rams tried to trade Matt Stafford per Mike Lombardi. Uh, Matt, give us the deets on this. No, yeah, I mean, it, it was just it's just a rumor, you know, it's like there's not much to it. But this is something that I kind of like was thinking about is like. I think he's kind of done like or at least close to it and the rams like they're the ones who like they only have about like half a roster under contract so they're going to be bringing in like uh undrafted free agents like a bunch of unknown guys off the street basically to fill out their roster when it's all said and done and, I'm, and that's kind of like cool to think about but that's not how a competitive nfl team operates right and there's also the other thing that's like kind of tied into this um, rumors with Aaron Donald. If they're not any good halfway through the season, which we're not really expecting them to be, that he'll get dealt. Um, they're kind of in shambles a little bit. I kind of feel bad for like the guys who probably aren't going to get to leave, like Cooper Cup. You know, it's like that oh. guy's been going through it a little bit. Like he's had. You know, they've won a Super Bowl, so it's all good. Can can I interject with a hy hypothetical here? That's something that I was reading earlier this morning. So obviously just a rumored hypothetical. But um, since the Rams are, are appearing to look like they're going into rebuild mode, um, they could get a haul for Cooper Cup. And I was seeing some rumblings about maybe going to the Lions mm. to pair with <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see it a little bit. A I little mean, bit. That would be. That would be. We haven't would... really got to see Jamison Williams yet. It's the thing, and I think they really believe in him. They're probably oh, tired mean, of his crap, but I mean, I, I believe in Jamison Williams too. But I mean, I mean, it's just like thinking about the hypothetical. That would be insane for the Lions. That would be a huge win now move. Yeah, massive, massive, massive. Um, huh. I wonder if he has a no trade clause. I doubt it, but. Kind of interesting, kind of interesting. I kind of, yeah, that's, the more I'm thinking about it, I like it, actually. It's yeah, kind of, It's kind of like salivating over it. Even. Another another massive trade between the Rams and <laughs> Lions, right? Because obviously that's where they got Stafford from. That would be so wild. Yeah. Wild to think about. Yeah, I don't think much about the Rams this year. I really think that they're going to be in the cellar, even though Brian somehow thinks that they could win the division or even make a wild card. I, I kind of find that ludicrous. Yeah, they're like the team that I, I, I expect the Cardinals to be better for some reason. Really? I can't explain to you why. Yeah, I, I like the Cardinals. I don't, I don't know about like, that one. I don't know about it either, but there's something I really don't believe in the Rams. So that's a, you know what I'm saying? It's like the only thing about uh like the Cardinals is like offensively, like they don't have like an alpha necessarily at receivers. Like Marquise Brown's really good, but he's kind of a smaller guy, which I'm not saying isn't like the trendy thing right now in the NFL is like those the Marquise Brown types, Hollywood Brown. Um Yeah, I don't know. I I'm really fading the Rams. I can't it's I I love McVay, one of my favorite coaches. He gets players open and knows how to put points on the board, but yeah, I just I just don't know, dude. I just don't see it for them this year, like at all. Yeah, same Sorry, here. Rams. Hey, I mean, at least they they got their Super Bowl though recently. Yep. All good. All yep. good. So moving on. So this is going to be the last segment of our show here, apart from our raging take, of course. Um, so we're going to talk about some positional rankings for the PPR format in fantasy football this year. So. We're going to list off the top five guys currently for each position group, and then we're going to talk about some of our own sleepers, guys that we think might rise above their current ADP. So let's start off with the quarterback room. So obviously at number one, you have Patrick Mahomes, pretty given, uh, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. Pretty obvious, right? Like, bing, bang, boom. Yep. Like, no issues there, right? Nothing to speculate or argue about like they're all like somewhat interchangeable at the end of the day these top five um for fantasy football specifically you really like guys that run the ball right of course uh, yeah so hurts like that i would probably i could put him one easily just because of how much how good he is at it uh you know he's really turned into a phenomenal passer he has the weapons uh, Allen too. So Allen and Lamar specifically this offseason have said they want more of a pocket presence from themselves. And that seems to be coming from the top down as well, where they want them to be throwing the ball more. So like, don't risk your, your getting to the, you know, the somewhat later half of your careers. Let's not get, you know, taken out at the knees and potentially lose you for the whole season because you're running for, a three yard gain for a first down or something, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So I think that could potentially be true. 
but um, Hurd's got the big money, so I think they're gonna. He's gonna play like he always has, like a you know bat out of hell out of the backfield, and like he's so big and strong, he can run people over. I'm not saying like Lamar and Allen can't, but it's like like Jalen Hurts is a beast. So, like I said, these are all kind of interchangeable. Joe Burrow, he does, he's not a, he's not much of a running quarterback. He he's shifty. He's kind of like a. Kind of like a Philip Rivers, but way faster. You know, it's like I—I I don't know. I'm pro- I, there's probably a better example, but yeah. yeah. What do you think about all that? I mean, yeah, it's a pretty obvious choices. But since we're talking about fantasy football here, I mean, most of these guys will probably be gone by like round five, if I had to imagine. Like these are guys that you could definitely reach for in the early rounds of a draft. But uh, if you're a player like me who doesn't usually like to reach for the elite quarterbacks and fill out the other important parts of your roster, let's talk about some guys that we think could lift you over the hump or even like really just like shoot it. guys that are like outside of the top 10 and could easily be top 10, maybe even top five guys this year. Um, and these are guys that you could get like much later on too, I would think. So Mac, why don't you start off with some of your quarterback sleepers? Right, so I want to start this off with I like I went real deep with like across all positions. So these are guys like you could take like a uh, a Russell Wilson, say like that's probably a good example. And like you know, I don't know, maybe like the eighth, ninth round, like definitely wait on it. But then mm-hmm. I have two guys here where you know you're at the lat, you're at your last pick, and you're like I don't really like any of these receivers, running backs, tight ends, whatever. Maybe I just throw a second quarterback on there and just kind of like see how they look that first week or two, right? So first one is CJ Stroud. Like they're gonna need him to do a lot, and it's like it's already like done and dusted. He's the starter. That's why they drafted him number two overall. Blah blah blah. And I kind of like the weapons a little bit. You know, it's like like low key. I think he could get a lot of production done. And he's he's pretty quick, too, out of the backfield. Like, he could definitely run for some. Maybe, you know, do the tush push or whatever. Uh, you know, the quarterback sneak, get some cool touchdowns. You know, r- rushing touchdowns count for a little bit extra than, depending on your format, of course, uh, for more points. So I really like C.J. Stroud. He is uh, uh, t- number 25, by the way, as well on the QB chart. Yeah, so rookie coming in. Um, maybe not the best situation offensively, but I, I still think if everything goes to plan that he could get it done. And I, I just really like their new coach, Domingo Moraes. He comes from that San Francisco, uh, mindset where it's like, if he does even, you know, a modicum of what they do over there, then he they are going to be very good at getting guys open, and that's all C.J. Stroud needs. He throws a, a real nice ball. So, what do you like see I as said, his uh, ceiling ranking wise? Ceiling ranking wise, I can see him falling in the top ten if he really, really shows out this year. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's like the like yeah, it's like through the roof, you know, kind of stuff. But yeah, why not? I, I believe in him. There we go. And then my other guy here, Sam Howell, dude. He had some nice plays last year towards the end of the year. It's like their season was done. But, dude, I love his offense. Like, I really do. And so, like, I'm a big Jahan Dotson truther. Uh, it's like, they got this guy's studs kind of, like, 
everyone like low key studs. You know, it's like not a lot of people believe in the commanders, but um, and that not necessarily neither do I to like win games, but for fantasy production, I could totally see it out of him. So it's like same kind of story. Like take a, a Russell Wilson type and then throw him on the end of your roster. See what he does that first week or two, and he could do it, dude. Kind of like his. I, I like his receivers a lot too. Yeah. Dude, like for me, yeah, they could like maybe when all is said and done the season, sneak into like a top five receiver core. Why? Like I could see it. Yeah. Um. What do you think about Sam Howell's like ranking projection, like ultimate ceiling? Yeah. Like same thing. Like just like out of nowhere. Like we didn't see this coming. Top ten. Do I believe like in these two guys, CJ Stroud and Sam Howell, to like necessarily do that? It's like. It remains to be seen. You know, it's like I really want to see like week one, week two, kind of see where their offense is at. But it's, you know, like I said, I'm delving deep here. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, deep for sure. Yeah, he's uh, number 29 on the QB chart here currently. I mean, I definitely think I definitely could see him jumping at least 10 spots at the like. I think that's like not I mean, not ceiling, but just like best case scenario. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Well, I like that. Um, so let me, I'm going to list off two QBs here as well. So my first one, uh, Jared Goff, currently um, number 16 right now on the QB chart. This is a guy, great offense, really showed out last year. Um, I know, I know he's had his struggles years before, but I think, I think this is the Jared Goff that uh, we all knew he was going to be like, kind of like going back to the Rams era where he had all the good weapons and now he's in Detroit with good weapons as well too he's got Amon Ra, Jamison Williams he has uh, a good tight end rookie tight end now that I think is really going to pan out yeah I see a big year for Jared Goff I think this is a guy that you could easily get in the later rounds and I think he could pay a lot of dividends for you I love it and then my next quarterback here um this is a guy, I think this guy's so underrated, but Kirk Cousins, man. I mean, he's not like a spect- super spectacular quarterback, but he does have a star-studded offense. They just acquired Jordan Addison through the draft this year to pair up with Justin Jefferson, and they also have K.J. Osborne and T.J. Hawkinson. I love that offense. I think he's going to let it fly this year, and he's he's a very careful quarterback, too. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, you know. I really like it. I mean, the clutch factor is questionable with Kirk Cousins, but usually this is a guy that you can take later on in a round two, and then he finishes a lot better than what he was drafted at. So those are my two quarterback picks. What do you think, Mac? No, yeah. I mean, those are like right, like kind of like right in the middle of the pack. But could like easily be like maybe even like a top five, just depending on how things pan out, because they have absolutely electric offenses. Maybe Goff a little more so, right? And so, yeah, I love these picks out of you, dude. These are great calls. Like, if because I've always been the type to wait, like, it, it, even if I have like the chance to get like some of those top five guys we uh, mentioned, it's like I always end up waiting. So it's like these are the kind of guys I want on my team where it's like the potential is sky high. I yeah, I really do love these picks. These are perfect. Yeah, it's always been like my draft strategy. It's like I just can't reach for like an elite quarterback and <laughs> I know. like and like afford to miss out on filling like 
my team with a good running back or wide receiver, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the only way I think I would take like a Mahomes is, is like if I was picking like last in the first round and then like I grabbed like Kelsey and then Mahomes back to back. I think that's the only way I could do it, you know? Yeah, that's sneaky. That's very sneaky. But it's like it's so juicy because like our brains have been trained to be like, I have to like fill out the running back and wide receiver. Right. If you're like that pick that you just mentioned, the last pick in the first. So it's like I want I don't know who's fallen to the tent, like Devontae Adams and, uh, you know, I don't know, Joe Mixon or something like that. Who knows? But um, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. A lot. That, yeah. Those back to back picks give you a lot of flexibility and strategy. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the running backs here. So currently the top five projected running backs for PPR. Um, so you got Christian McCaffrey at number one, Austin Eckler at number two, Saquon Barkley at number three, Bijan Robinson at number four, and Jonathan Taylor at number five. The vision. <laughs> vision. The vision. I got a vision for the vision, dude. I, I still want to call him Bihan. Bihan. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's all these lists, right? It's like you could kind of like flip these guys every which way and like nobody will want to argue with you too much. Uh, for me, I think I have Eckler one and then CMC only because, and I'm not saying this isn't necessarily true for the Chargers too, but it's the, the 49ers, like they got a lot of mouths to feed, dude. So it's like, ooh, you know, like that's the only thing kind of holding me back. Uh, I had CMC on one of my teams last year. So like he won me so many weeks, not saying he didn't. So that it, that's going to be an electric offense. So are the chargers. Uh, Saquon, ah, Saquon's tough. Like he's been a little up and down. Would you say? Uh, yeah. I mean, he, granted he had a resurgence last year and now there is reports of him possibly holding out. So that's kind of concerning. Very much. So another guy that's, kind of surprised he didn't make the top five just a little bit is uh josh jacobs both in similar situations there with the contract stuff so weird yeah, yeah josh jacobs talk about that later but yeah josh jacobs is at number seven right now currently mm-hmm. yeah i could see it okay not too far down the list there and then Bijan, like the next lebron of football or whatever right he's supposed to be just an absolute stud he was a stud in college you know, the draft capital to prove it, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that doesn't believe in what uh, B. John Robinson can do, right? Yeah. I mean, I already know in our league, uh, Sheen, Sheen drafted uh, B. John at number one, and he's just constantly been getting bombarded for to trade him away. I'm just like, look, I was like, you hold on to him. Dude, like, they need him on that Falcons team, right? So it's oh, yeah. like, no way, dude. You got to keep them. Yeah. And then we have Jonathan Taylor at number five. Uh, so obviously uh, the year before's number one running back um, kind of had some struggles last year, though. Um, he's on a bad Colts team. Uh, he was dealing with some injury troubles. And yeah, I think he uh, disappointed a lot of people and a lot of people may feel burned by him this year. So I don't think I'd be one of those people. I think if I had an opportunity to take Jonathan Taylor, I, I could see him bouncing back this year in a huge way. Yeah, this is like the first time he's dealt with injury stuff like in his entire football career, right? So it was like 
very odd. And then that offense just wasn't what we thought it would be again. So it's like, gosh, you know, it's like I took him in our auction draft, you know, in one of our leagues. So you're spending like, you know, fake money to get these players. And I actually shelled out cash to get this guy. So me and him, we're 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 fighting. We're on fighting terms right now. I'm a little <laughs> upset, but uh, no, it's fine. I, he, he's going to. In my honest opinion, he's going to be right back to where he was in previous seasons. There's no way. He's just way too good. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about some uh, let's just talk about some sleepers. Um, so before we get into your sleepers, Mac, let's just talk about our like combined sleeper. You said this in a raging take a while ago, but uh, Miles Sanders currently uh, number 19 on the running back list right now. We, we both agree that I think, well, you said he's going to be number one. I think he could be top five for sure. Yep. So I I went for it. I said he's gonna be RB one. They're gonna need a lot of production out of him. I think he's gonna get the ball thrown to him a lot more than people think, uh, et cetera, et cetera. This is all for you, Brian. By the way, we miss you. Uh, Miles Sanders is elite. Yes, he is elite. So. Yeah. No, he had a career season last year with Philly. Um, he's. I think he's like pretty much the guy there. Like he's not in a big like RB committee like most running backs are around the league. And yeah, I think Miles Sanders is going to like get fed the rock. Yeah. And his, his new coach is the type of player that just likes to stick with one running back. So that also factors into my uh, proclamation. Exactly. And that's a nice word. Proclamation. That's a big word. Yeah. I had, I had to look that one up earlier. Oh yeah. Miles Sanders is easily someone that I imagine would be available like after round five. So, I mean, if you get this guy, I think he could be, make you very happy once the season's said and done. Super sneaky. It's kind of like a guy I'm going to mention here in a second. Okay, so yeah, you go ahead with your two sleepers. Right, so that guy that I was uh, going to mention, his name is Jarek McKinnon. So, like, you know, uh, different types of players kind of a little bit it's like jerk mckinnon jerk mckinnon's always been kind of like a scat back satellite back whatever you want to call it more of a receiver type basically and he's on the perfect team for that he's back on the chiefs and we saw what he what he could do last year and you know what he ran the damn ball like so well last year it was very surprising like especially I, towards I the end seeing, exactly yeah like he was throwing up almost like 20 points consistently right it's like what the heck like nobody really saw that coming so it's like i could see just like how we talked about with sanders like they're gonna kind of need him uh isaiah pacheco you know great young player um i don't think they necessarily see him as a receiver i'm not saying he's bad at it but they brought back jerick mckinnon for a reason you know why not run it back he could be a sneaky late round ad that could you know, get you some consistent, maybe double digit points and like your flex spot or something like that. So yeah, I, I love Jarek McKinnon. And then this one, this one, I'm telling you, I'm digging real, real deep. Like these are, you know, like, well, what's his number? Thing. Oh, on the list, he was like 97 or something like that. Or let me see. Let me see. Oh, wait, who is it again? This guy's name is Malik Davis. So he is 94, 94. Yeah. He's like way, way down there. Right. So it's like, um, like I love Tony Pollard. Absolutely love the guy, the talent, 
the grit, all that stuff. He's a little bit on the smaller side, right? So, you know, like, that's what happens with smaller running backs. It's such a punishing position. Like, he's he's more than likely going to get banged up in a game, even if it, he only goes out for, like, a quarter or something like that. Somebody behind him is going to have to step up. It's just going to, it's just the way it goes at that position. So, this is the guy I like. I kind of liked that Deuce Vaughn kid early on because it's like the, the f- familial connection. There's like his dad's like the head scout or something like that. So, it's like a cool moment for the Cowboys organization when they drafted him. Cool. That's not what gets you on the field. He's real small. I kind of don't like him as much now. And ironically, I'm looking, he's actually a couple spots ahead of Malik Davis on this little list here. <laughs> so, but uh, Malik Davis has already been on the team. He was primarily a special teams player, but that's the thing. It's like they know what they can get out of him. And the reports coming out of camp, OTAs, whatever, is that he is in line to be the direct backup for Tony Pollard at this point in time. I'm not saying Deuce Vaughn can't be the guy. But I'm putting my chips in on this Malik Davis fella. So, yeah, okay. that's where yeah, I'm at. I like it. I, I actually think I have him on uh, my dynasty team, too, just like as a flyer. So we'll see. Hope he, hopefully you're right. Super deep, like I said. But who knows? Somebody's going to have to fill in here and there. Yep. All right. So I'll move on to my guys. Um, so I know the Bijan hype is real, but do not sleep on Tyler Algier still. I think like he's still young enough. He had a great year last year. He was a 1,000-plus yard running back last season. Um, he's currently sitting at number 45 in the running back rankings, and I think he's still going to have some good relevancy in that Falcons offense. Uh, Arthur Smith, who's the coach, big, big-time running, uh, like run-heavy philosophy. And I think Bijan and Algier are both going to get a lot of carries. I freaking love it, dude. You know, I traded him away this offseason. Missed that guy. Did not expect him to be as good as he was. But yeah, it's like Bijan, no matter how good he is, it's just kind of the same thing with Tony Pollard. Uh, It's like he can't play every single snap. So if an injury happens, God forbid anything like that it's like he's uh Bijan's gonna get spelled at the end of the day and Algier's the guy you know it's like they mentioned uh Cordero Patterson they want him to be go back to his old role of more of a wide receiver so that that leaves Algier to be that direct backup for Bijan Robinson so yeah and I believe we had this on a raging take too it might have been Brian uh, a few months back but I think he said that Bijan and Algier were both gonna be over a thousand yards this season. And I think that's a really good raging take. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. So don't sleep on Algier in your fantasy drafts. I think this guy will still give you some uh, top 20 production at the very least. Ooh, like it. I like it. Okay. And then for my last running back sleeper, Samaj P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. Samaj P. Ryan currently sits at number 36 in the rankings. Uh, he came on pretty strong last year for the Bengals with uh, Joe Mixon out. Um, he's I think he's starting off as the the number one in Denver this year. Uh, we don't know the severity of Javante Williams injury still. I don't know what his recovery is looking like. But if Samaj P. Ryan is starting off the season for Denver, as a starting running back, I think he's going to do some real good. Maybe even good enough to where they're thinking they have to turn it into a heavy committee. 
Yeah, right? Just keep Javante Williams healthy. Coming back from a catastrophic knee injury where it wasn't just an ACL, it was like a bunch of other stuff too, right? Like, they're going to want to ease Javante Williams back in there. And the perfect guy to spell that is Samaj P. Ryan. This is a perfect, perfect pick for what we're thinking about here. I like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, by the end of the year, I could see maybe top 20 for this guy too. So maybe like as your second or third running back, it wouldn't be the worst thing ever. I dig it. I really dig it. Yeah. And I, I don't think that Russell Wilson is as bad as he was last year. Like, oh, no, he, ha- he has to be better. Right. Like, like I mean, right? especially with the, the coach that they brought in. Yeah, I, I do not see the Broncos being as bad as they were last year. Right. That's a great call. It's like, do you believe in Sean Payton? Yes. OK, they'll be good. Oh, like, that's it. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the wide receivers. Uh, so for our top five rankings here. Uh, obviously Justin Jefferson at number one. I said this a few weeks back. I think he's going to be the number one uh, fantasy player this year. And I think he's going to be the first NFL wide receiver to get 2000 yards in a season. He's always the most safest pick. I think this is the number one overall draft pick in all formats. This is way too good, bro. Yeah. Like, how is he this good? (laughs) It's almost crazy. I'm still heartbroken that the Eagles passed on him. What a historic rise out of that young fella. Yeah. And uh so then uh so then he's followed by Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, and Stefan Diggs. So you see the top five wide receivers, I feel like actually actually even the top ten wide receivers, I feel like they're all so interchangeable. Right. It really just comes down to like like what you believe like outside of like maybe Jefferson and Jamar Chase, it's like I think most people would put them like one, two, right? And then, but after that, it's like three, four, three through ten. It's like, what offense do you like? Do you like their quarterback? Uh, you know, it's like their coaching philosophy, blah, blah, blah. So it's like that is kind of where it comes into a little bit more personal preference with uh, Jefferson and Chase. It's like they just get fed the ball so much. I'm not saying like these other guys don't too, but it's like, they're just the guy for their for their quarterback, you know. It's like, you know, what's the what's the thing? It's like, fuck it, he's down there somewhere. I'm just gonna throw it over there. It's like, yeah, that's them. Yeah, yeah, those pretty are the guys. Much. And I, like ch- Chase a little bit less so because T Higgins is a great player, and so um, you know, like I believe in him personally. So yeah, I I think most people would put Jefferson at one. Yeah. Okay. All right. So before we get into our sleepers, I want to talk about like. A more of an obvious sleeper before hour two. Um, so Garrett Wilson, I've been very, very high on Garrett Wilson, and I'm going to be very, very high on him this year. With the addition of Aaron Rodgers to that offense, um, keep in mind Garrett Wilson had was had a rookie of the year season last year with subpar QB play. I think if everything goes right with Aaron Rodgers, he stays healthy. He kind of gets back to that, you know, like that more than decent uh, skill set in his old age now, I think Garrett Wilson is a very legit candidate to join this top five. Once all is said and done. I can't argue with you a bit. I don't see why not. And he is so I mean, talented. He is so talented. There are so many wide receivers coming out of Ohio state that just turn into studs. No. Yeah. Like he's the guy for that team for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has already talked him up. Like, 
thinks he could be one of the best to ever do it, and that's very high praise out of, hall, out of a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, I don't see why there isn't a, a perfect like mind meld connection like how he had with Devontae Adams. I don't see why not. They are not like 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 they're similar wide receivers and like talent overall talent, but they like do some things a little differently. But like at the end of the day, like Devontae Adams and Garrett Wilson are exceptional route runners, and that's what Aaron Rodgers likes. So, yeah, I really like that. That's a that's a great shout. I mean, it wouldn't be a huge jump either because right now Garrett Wilson is getting his respect. They have him ranked as the tenth wide receiver coming into this season, but I could really see him going top five, maybe even top three. Yeah, I don't I don't see why not, dude. Love it. I like that okay. a lot. So go ahead and uh, kick off your two sleeper wide receivers for us. Yeah, so first things first, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, former team that he was on forever, uh, the Packers wide receiver, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, so you and I both have a, we're in on this guy, right? I have him on one of my dynasty teams. You have him on our, uh, in your league. And... Like, you know, there's been so many reports coming out of camp and things like that, that Jordan Love has that special connection with Romeo Dobbs. Like, he's the go-to guy, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying Christian Watson is an exceptional athlete and could overtake him being the one, but there's something about, like, the dependability of Dobbs. Like, even, you kind of saw it with Rodgers last year. It's like, he just gets open, you know? It's like, he's not the fastest, most athletic guy but his spatial awareness is like, ex- yeah, like top tier, right? So I really think Romeo Dobbs could give you a solid uh, double digit output in PPR every single week this year because yeah. he's they're gonna need him to. Like he, he's one of the top guys, and you know it's like I I'm not saying I necessarily think that Jordan Love is gonna be like you know a world beater. But I think he's going to be able to get it to his like top like two, maybe three guys well enough to keep them relevant. Yeah. So. No, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously in on Romeo Dobbs, so I hope it comes true. So right now, Romeo Dobbs is at 61. Where do you actually see him falling? Possibly. Mm, Ultimate ceiling. I see much more like top 30. Okay. That would yeah. be it. I mean, that's still a tremendous jump, though. So I like it. Yeah, I think he's he's been put to the wayside because we don't know what Jordan Love is yet. I like Romeo Dobbs' talent well enough to put him, you know, shoot him up like twice as much as where he's being ranked currently. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So potentially a very good flex player on your fantasy team. Yep, yep. Keep him on the bench and see what happens. Maybe yep. even start him week one. Who knows? And then the other guy who I've always been a believer in, I had to cut him on one of my dynasty teams this offseason because I just had a, a plethora of wide receivers, and I, you know, it hurts to say it, but I, I'm still keeping my eye on him. Is uh, DJ Chark now on the Carolina Panthers? Bryce Young's going to have to throw the ball to somebody. We talked about Miles Sanders. You know, he's going to be running a lot, maybe catch a couple of passes, but somebody's going to have to catch the dang ball. And it's going to be him. Like, I don't like anybody else on that wide receiver core except for him, personally. Like, uh, what's, uh, oh gosh. Thielen. Boy. Thielen, thank you. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Uh, he looked awful last year. Like, he had completely lost his touch. Maybe he makes a bit of a resurgence this year. 
Uh, but I I like DJ Chark for it personally. So what do you think about this guy? Uh, no, yeah, I mean he's always been a very uh, reliable role player on most teams that he's been on. Um, I liked him a lot on the Lions. Uh, he was pretty good for the Jaguars last year too. Showed up pretty good in uh, spot starts. Um, the only thing though is with uh, DJ Chark though is I mean I'm kind of a big uh, Jonathan Mingo guy. I know that's only because I drafted him. I see a lot of potential for him. And then there's also reports out of camp saying that Terrace Marshall is showing out a little bit too. No, yeah, I. There's, I'm not saying he's going to be the one. Well, I am saying that. What am I saying? I think he's going to be the one. But this is like, you know, like I said, I'm trying to dig deep here for you guys. I'm guys that you can throw on the end of your bench. And I like Mingo, sure. I think he, but the thing about DJ Chark is he's a nice big target. Like, yeah. He, 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 I think he got asked to switch to tight end at one point. Like, he's a big dude. Like, he's, like, 6'4", you know, like, close to 250 or something like that. But he's also fast. So it's, like, you know, he's never been, like, elite, right? But there's something about this, like, a nice big target, like, nice uh, uh, possession receiver for a a quarterback to gain trust with. You know, Terrace Marshall, Jonathan Mingo, they're more, uh, like, smaller players, like, slot guys, basically. And so I think they might be kind of battling that out whilst uh, Thielen and Chark will be on the outside. So we'll see. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm not too familiar on what uh, Bryce Young likes to do, and it's probably going to change once he goes into the NFL anyway. But I could see him getting hmm, maybe like triple-digit targets, you know? Okay. Maybe. I mean, also to boost your... Uh your point there um so looking at his outlook his strength of schedule for wide receiver rank is uh at six on the easy side so i mean he's got a he's got a good schedule to prove his point and uh he's currently ranked uh number 62 do you see the same ceiling for him as you did with uh romeo dubs exactly yeah i you know this how like i said i believe in uh cj shroud earlier i think bryce young is i mean he's the number one overall for a reason he's gonna be the guy I think he could get it to his receivers enough to shoot DJ Chark into the top 30. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So uh, DJ Chark also could be a guy that might not even get drafted in the draft as well. And yeah, he could end up being a very good flex player for you by the end of the year. Yep. Keep tabs on him. He does it like, like you said, he doesn't necessarily have to end up on your team, but keep tabs, keep tabs on that offense, keep tabs on him. Yep. All right, then. Yeah, I like those two picks. Uh, so let's move on to mine. So uh, my first one is going to be John Mechie, the third um, currently for the Houston Texans. So this guy was drafted last season. Um, he did not play last year. He was uh, dealing with a cancer battle and he ended up winning. So he's uh, he's working his way back into camp right now. He actually missed OTA still, but. I really believe in the talent with this guy. I watched him a little bit in college. He was part of the uh, Alabama offense. And, you know, as most people know, most Alabama wide receivers that come out into the pros, they usually turn into studs. A long list of Alabama wide receivers to prove that point. Yeah, I really think uh, John Mechie here, um, he's going to come in uh, with CJ Stroud. And I think he could maybe do enough to be his one or two, possibly. Yeah, I'm a big believer in John Mechie's talent. Um, currently right now on the list i'm trying to find him I, I think i dug pretty deep for this one yeah so he's number 76 
I see the same oh, yeah. ceiling. Yeah, so I see the same ceiling for as Max said with the other two guys. This guy could easily become a top thirty target, and maybe even increase more than that as the years go on. No reason he can't become the favorite target, right? CJ Stroud's gonna have to pick somebody. I like it a lot. Yep. All right. So uh, for my second pick, uh, this guy actually had a lot of good showing out last year. Uh, Rashid Shahid. For the New Orleans Saints, great name too, by the way. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. Yeah. No, I watched this guy a little bit last year for the Saints. Um, yeah, this guy's a great deep ball specialist. He had a lot of good, like, long touchdown catches and stuff. And, well, he actually had two. But, yeah, I like his game a lot. He's a good deep ball specialist. Showed out a lot. Um, what's his ranking right now? Uh, his number 69. Same ceiling yeah, as the other two. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> So same ceiling as the other guys that we mentioned. This guy could easily become a top 30 as well to become a nice flex spot on your roster. Might not even get drafted in the actual draft. You could probably pick him up on waivers or pick him with like your last two picks in the draft or something. So, yeah, these are my guys. Though. I think that these are guys that could easily surpass their uh, initial rankings and do some good for you in your fantasy football seasons. All right. So I have to ask you about this particular player just because I think it could affect this uh, Rashid Shahid's value. If Michael Thomas stays healthy, that's a big if. Uh-huh. Do you think that eats into his value at all? I mean, it, it definitely will, but I mean, it's Michael Thomas. Yeah. This it's, guy's... Yeah. It, it, at the end of the day, do you believe he stays healthy? Probably not, but he has done it before. Like... I don't know. Like yeah, how many thing, years has I'm it been? Tired of, <laughs> oh, trust me. He's on my team. Like I've been like, I'm, I haven't sold him because you know, I, I would get peanuts and I'm sick of him personally as he's a Twitter fingers diva. Ah, gosh, hate him anyway. So it's like, but he also still holds the record for the most receptions. You know what I mean? That's true. So he's, yeah. a, he, he's a, he's a target hog. And uh, just like how we mentioned with, with some other guys going to new teams, Derek Carr is going to have to pick somebody you know, odds are odds on favorite. It's Chris Olave. Dud, like, you know, could be elite, you know, you know, depends on who you talk to. Uh, yeah, they're interesting offense overall. So. Well, I guess to counter that point, though, too, is let's say uh, Alvin Kamara does face uh, jail time for his uh, case that he had last year with uh, beating up someone in a casino. That's going to open up some more targets, though, too, because, you know, Alvin Kamara eats a lot of passes out of the backfield, too. So. Right. No, for sure. The only thing, well, nah, I'm, I was going to say that Derek Carr doesn't necessarily like to throw the players out of the backfield, but like you said, it's Alvin Kamara. Like, yeah, you, you have to. <laughs> so, so, I mean, there's a lot, of if, a, a lot of ifs and buts here. I mean, but, you know, say Alvin Kamara gets suspended or whatever for a significant portion of the season, that's going to open up some targets in the offense. So, We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, I really, I, I really believe in Rashid Shahid. I know he's kind of a, he's more of a role player for sure as a wide receiver in that offense, but I think he's gonna do much better than he did last year in his rookie season. Yeah, rooting for the guy, absolutely, definitely rooting for him. Yeah. All right, then uh, let's move on to our last position group here. Um, so we have, we're now at the tight end. So this is probably one of the like the most. Uh, I would say it's like a very key position in fantasy football just because it's like you have to have a good tight end. It is such a wasteland, usually after the top five. But now we're at an interesting year where I feel like the top 10, you could actually do pretty good with either or. 
Right. So uh, for tight ends, we have Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, and Kyle Pitts. Mm, is that on PPR? Because if I'm looking at PPR, it has Dallas Godare. Oh, but... yeah. Okay, so swap Dallas Godare and Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I forgot to adjust that. Right. So, and I'm sick of Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I don't own over anything like that. Never have. But what the heck, dude? Score some touchdowns. You're massive. I know. Uh, we could talk about him more later or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think this is pretty, like, it's always been this way. And it will be this way until Kelsey is done. So it's like Kelsey is, you know, I mentioned it earlier, the wide receiver one, air quotes, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Number one overall quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, favorite target, blah, blah, blah. And then Mark Andrews, same thing. Lamar Jackson, why not throw it to Mark Andrews? He always gets it done. Hawkinson on the his new team, the Vikings. He's the only like other target that you really like on that, you know, besides Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, I I'm personally I'm fading uh, George Kittle. Me too. Like, yeah. Right. You agree? Right. It's like he's too injury prone. He's too injury prone. And, you know, this like through no fault of his own because he prides himself on it. He is way too good of a blocker. Like he is basically an extra lineman out there. Like he's really, really good at blocking. So it's like I feel like he gets thrown into that role more often than not. Not that he's a bad receiver. It's just peaks and valleys with him, though, too. It's like there's too many like small games and then there he's you get that one huge game from him. So it's like if you want to deal with that headache all season, I mean, go for it. But yeah, I'm personally fading George Kittle. Yeah, I would put him at the back half of the top 10 if it was me. So, yeah, right. Exactly. We could probably maybe bring Pitts up here if you believe in him. Uh, I'm not a huge Pitts guy. I mean, I mean, granted, he was playing with Marcus Mariota last season, who's not really known to be a tremendous thrower, but. Exactly. I think if I had to pick one to replace Kittle, it's Darren Waller, just because out of uh, necessity for that New York Giants team. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Yeah, I think I agree with it a lot. And then also the other thing with Kyle Pitts, so too, is if the Falcons really do go more run heavy this season, yeah, Kyle Pitts is not going to eat. Right, they got the twin towers. Uh, you know him and uh, what's his what's Drake his dick? London, Drake London. So that's cool. But well, it all depends on how much you believe in Desmond Ritter. So. Yeah. So in such a fantasy weak position, we're getting a really nice uh, production. Guy is important. Let's go over one sleeper each. Uh, I think you have a sleeper for us. Yep. Sam Laporta subs. No, Sam <laughs> Laporta. Uh, I came up with that one. Zing. No, uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one. But uh, I like this guy's getting all the hype. Uh, I think the guy we we're just talking about, George Kittle, said he's the best rookie uh, tight end in the draft. Uh, they need him, you know, with the, uh, whatchamacallit, Hawkinson leaving the Lions. He's coming in there to fill that role. Uh, you talked earlier about how much you think Goff could really show out this year. Um, he has a plethora of weapons if uh, Laporta's any good, right? So I really think he could, you know, uh, like we said, it's like Titans tough. Like you're just begging for double digits, even in a PPR league out of your tight end, if they're not one of these like top five guys that we already mentioned. So it's like, yeah, and it's tough for rookie tight ends to come in and do that. 
but I really like his tape. He's got soft hands. He's a steady receiver, and he's a decent blocker, which could get him on the field, you know, early and often. So yeah, he's also been touted as a very uh, silky smooth route runner too. So yeah, usually you you want that in a tight end if you're trying to get points in fantasy for sure. Yeah, I think he's a con- uh, converted receiver. So oh that, yeah, there which, it is. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I like it. Um, so currently right now, Sam Laporta is number 27. So, I mean, may or may not get drafted unless you're playing with some very, like, savvy fantasy people, you know, who might see the same potential that you will after hearing about this. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think it's a good move. Yeah, so he either gets drafted or he ends up on waivers week one or after the draft. I think it's a very good pickup. I think this guy could easily become a top 15, maybe even top 10 tight end in his very first year. Yeah, high high upside, top 10, right? Which is, yeah. you know, we've already mentioned this over and over. It's like not the hardest thing to do for the tight end position because after like the top like four or five, it's a freaking wasteland, so... You're just taking shots in the dark. Exactly. All right, so let's move on to my sleeper. Um, so I know Max is a big fan of this guy, too. Uh, Gregory oh, Dulcich. So oh, Dulcich de Leche, dude. I freaking love this guy. So this guy, yeah, so he, uh, pretty decent rookie season last year, despite the Broncos being a huge train wreck. Um, currently sits at, let's see, he is currently He's 15. Yeah, he's currently number 15 right now. I could see him easily breaking top 10 this year. If uh, if Russell Wilson gets his uh, poop in a loop, you know, and uh, Sean Payton turns the, yeah, Sean Payton turns the Broncos around, I think we could maybe see a near 1,000-yard season for Greg Dulcich. I know they got a lot of mouths to feed over there, but this guy is a very reliable target from what I've seen on tape. Well, his coach, Sean Payton, you just mentioned, has already kind of talked up Dulcich, which is exactly what you want to hear out of a young tight end, as how uh, pertaining to how Dulcich could be the Joker player, which for him means, I don't know if this is like a, you know, a big term everywhere or whatever, but uh, Dulcich could be like the the difference maker matchup wise on like third downs and things like that. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, you think it's going to Javante Williams or Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy? No, it's actually going to Dulcich because he's the guy you don't expect. And he's such a, you know, a, a mismatch. It's like he could he could get some good uh, PPR points, you know? For sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, also, I mean, panning back to Sean Payton, we know that he does utilize tight ends quite a bit like uh during the jimmy graham era in new orleans right so very that, similar players yeah that very much plays into it i mean that i could see that as uh dulcich's ultimate ceiling is a uh, jimmy graham type of player eventually he's still a very young guy he's got plenty of time to show out yeah and he's beautiful he's got a great mustache with like long flowing hair yeah yeah, that, that that does nothing for fantasy value, but it does something for me in my heart. OK. <laughs> well, yeah, don't sleep on Greg Dulcich this year in your draft. I imagine this guy will get drafted. Um, this, he'll most likely get drafted in one of your fantasy drafts. I just don't I can't really say what round we're, we're going to be doing. A It'll mock, be late. Yeah, we'll do a mock draft episode again here soon and maybe the next few weeks and we'll figure it out for ourselves. All good. But yeah, that pretty much wraps up um, a little bit of our 
positional rankings for fantasy football versus average draft position and sleepers that we think might put you over the edge in certain spots on your roster. Yeah, that was a good list we put together there, I believe. Yeah, definitely. I like it. So hopefully we help you a little bit with your fantasy season because draft season is right around the corner. So for our last segment of the show, I believe Mac here has a raging take for us. Yep. So this is me more on the co- like just coping best I can. <sighs> it hurts to even say it, but the gosh dang Padres are winning the World Series, dude. Why not? Why the Bruh. heck not? Bruh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! This is I. I always shoot for the sky with my raging takes, don't I? Goodness, yeah, like they, they're the sky. Probably out of us three, they're probably the most outrageous for sure. I bring the raging in the take. Yeah, no joke. Full, fully capitalized raging. So yeah, I'm coping. Whatever. I just want my freaking baseball team to be good. Damn it! I mean, it can't get any. It can't get any worse. So why not throw a raging take on there? Yeah, they can't be cursed any more than they are now, so why not, you know? So, oh, All right, well there, well, there you have it. Padres are winning the World Series this year. They have a lot yeah. of work to do. Place your bets. You'll, you'll make a, t- a boatload. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right, well, that about does it here for us at the Raging Takes podcast. Um, well, once again, if you have any Raging Takes, any concerns, any questions, anything you'd like us to discuss on the show... Hit us up on our Twitters. I am at RTPKai. That is R-T-P-K-H-A-I. You can find Brian at Mantana Sauce. You can find Mac at It's Mac Bruh, B-R-U-H, or our Twitter at Raging Takes. Um, so also now this rage with Twitter um, and this uh, new app called Threads coming out. We did make a Threads as well, too. Same name, Raging Takes. So you can always follow us on there, too. I don't even know if it has a a DM feature on there yet. Do you know? Uh, yeah, it does. Oh, it does. Okay. So you can always contact us on there or through our email at raging takes at gmail.com. Um, we also now Brian said this plenty of times, but we do have a TikTok now. We also have an Instagram and we've gotten Dude, our we're pod- everywhere. Yeah. We're, we're, we're starting to get our, we're starting to get our stuff everywhere. So more, uh, more options here and there. Um, we also have our, our podcast itself we are now on spotify amazon google and apple Podcasts. so more options there to listen if you don't have spotify so whatever you like to use you can find us wherever yep we'll probably get a youtube going eventually once we start getting video chats going with our during the recording session so yeah. yep, you can find us damn near everywhere. So please, feel eventually, free to reach yes, out. yeah, we're gonna get webcams here pretty soon too, and start uh, practicing some uh, video stuff. Exciting yeah, times. Uh, next week's episode, not too much. Not sure what we're gonna talk about yet, but Brian will be back next week, and then he'll be gone again the week after. Dude, this guy, he's just a freaking party animal, dude. Partying yeah. in the USA. But yeah, so uh, we will see you next week. We are signing off. Thank you. See you later, y'all.